Bedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Brad, we are back. We are sad. We are frustrated. And yes. the Giants still went four and three in the week, and yet we are just so sad because of yeah. what happened in the Dodgers series. Yeah, and I imagined this scenario. I'm sorry, Giants fans. I imagined this scenario after the sweep of Cincinnati. Uh, I thought, if we finish this week four and three now, I'm going to be very upset because it means we got swept by the Dodgers, which going into it, you kind of knew you know, that that was a possibility yeah. because uh, there were going to be close fought games. The first two games were, you know, kind of close fought. And then about halfway through game two and uh, all of game three, it was not well hard fought baseball. But, um, you know, basically, when you look at, when you look at it, the Giants came into this series into this week. Uh, yeah, they scored 19 runs on Thursday. But uh, that's an anomaly uh, because they are 220 hitting ball club. Yeah. So you knew going into this Dodgers series, you're going to face Bauer, you're going to face uh, Bueller, and you're going to face Urias. Those are arguably their three best pitchers and arguably three of the best pitchers in the National League. And so they didn't was- even have to face Kershaw, who is normally their kryptonite. Exactly. And and so without having to face Kershaw and, and we got a four game set coming up with with them next weekend. So we're going to have to face Kershaw, I would imagine, uh, during that series. Uh, so the Giants have a lot of work to do this week. Uh, they can't overlook Arizona. They've got to go into Arizona where they always get played tough by the by the Diamondbacks. So, you know, is Mad Bum pitching this week? You us? know, I believe he just pitched. Saturday, so probably not. Probably not. I think we're going to miss him. Um, I'm sure we'll see him at some point this season uh, when, when they come to San Francisco. But, you know, the, the Giants basically, they just can't overlook that two game series with Arizona and then say, we, you know, we got to get our revenge in Los Angeles for four games. So, all right, we're, we're going to dig deep into this three game yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's funny is that just because of how the week went, we're taking this Cincinnati sweep for granted, right? We're like, <laughs> yes. ah, that was in the past. Yeah. It doesn't even matter anymore. These last three games are what matter. So we'll focus on those three games just like every other Giants yeah. fan is doing today. But before and that, that, and that was a feat, though. Yeah. I mean, to sweep Cincinnati in on Cincinnati. the road in Cincinnati with that ball club, the way they hit at home, that was a feat. So you have the, uh, you know, tale of, of two ball clubs basically this week. So, so before we get to that, cause we'll, I'm sure we'll spend quite a bit of time on that series. Uh, the first thing I want to mention is, as you notice, if you're watching us on YouTube, we are doing another show in person. This one is not a live stream. We're, we're kind of experimenting with this thing here because what I realized, and it's probably not, you know, it doesn't take anyone smart to realize this, but when you do a YouTube show, if we just have a picture of us and the audio in the background, you know, someone may throw that in the back and kind of listen to it. But you can also do the same thing if you just listen on your phone through a podcast. So we're testing out if uh, us kind of going live and being a little interactive with banners and such like this. Hey, 
if that helps and we, get, a banner. and we get more people watching on the the youtube feed it doesn't really do too much for us other than we kind of have to shave it you know when we do this so <laughs> you know and, and otherwise it's, it's just like recording it on the podcast but if we get more people watching through youtube that's awesome and if you do like youtube content check out our channel and, and subscribe because that's the way it's going to help us be able to, uh, you know, get in the algorithms and stuff if we have more subscribers. So if you subscribe to our channel, uh, Tom at Thompson to Clark, just search for it on YouTube. If you're listening to this on the podcast, just go to YouTube and do it. If you're watching us on video, you've already found us. Just hit that subscribe button. Uh, and we're going to test it out. We'll see. You know, we could, like I said, yeah. we can do this whenever we want. So maybe we may do this and see if it helps. And if it doesn't, maybe we go back to podcasts and figure some other stuff out. But one thing is for certain, we'll always have an audio feed, and this is our secondary feed. So we'll have two different feeds, YouTube and the podcast feed. So uh, that's the first thing. And the second thing, I figured we might as well get to this because, um, you know, rough three days. Uh, if you yeah. followed us on Twitter, Brad generally handles our tweets, and he was mentioning uh, how he didn't plan on drinking on a specific day. <laughs> and then because of what was happening on the baseball field, uh, he changed his mind. So yeah. let's talk about that because uh, we might as well get the drinking piece out of the way because I know we're kind of soaking ourselves in, in, in our drinks today after <laughs> after the, the three-game sweep. But what are you drinking and uh, and I want to see it. I can actually see it this time. Yeah. So <clears throat> we don't uh, don't want to put me near an open flame. Uh, <laughs> no, I haven't. This is my first drink of the day and probably my last of the day. <laughs> but uh, you kind of turned me on to this. I've been seeing this in magazines and I know you are a huge fan of The Rock. Yes. Uh, Dwayne Johnson. And so I went ahead. I was at Costco with my wife. And the Terramana tequila, this is the small batch Blanco. Uh, I used to drink tequila back in the day, but back in the day when you're younger, how do you drink tequila? Yeah, you're shooting it, man. You, you're, you're just taking shots, and you'll have a margarita every now and then and go, oh, that's sweet and tart. Uh, so back in the day, I used to drink tequila with um, – what we used to do is take a shot glass, tall shot glass, put half of it tequila, the other half Sprite, mm -hmm. smack it on the table, and I guess tequila poppers is what they're yeah, called. Yeah. Well, uh, so what I did is I looked up to see what goes well with tequila because I'm a more sophisticated man. <laughs> now, I mean, being an old guy, I'm more sophisticated. So I grabbed, I love Zevia. I'm mm. a big fan of Zevia. So the grapefruit citrus. Uh, so two ounces of tequila in the uh, pseudo highball glass with a, a wedge of lime in there and a little bit of ice. Uh, two ounces of tequila, fill the rest with this. And uh, it is very refreshing, very citrusy, and I love this thing. So I think during the summer, I'm going to be stocking more of this tequila, uh, and I will be taking it with me uh, out to the porch a little more often when it's 100 degrees out here in Reno. That is pretty brilliant because, okay, so as you as you said, I'm, I'm a big rock fan. I'm actually wearing a shirt of his with the Brahma Bull. Oh, oh. yes. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I'm a big fan of, of Terramana as well. Now, he's got two, like you said, the Blanco, and then there's the Reposado, and that's the golden one. Um, and, and like, I like both of them. So I usually have, if I have the tequila at my house, I usually have both sitting there. I haven't tried the soda 
because well no, I, no reason other than because I wouldn't didn't really know how to mix it but I'm going to try that uh, that's the, the stevia flavored um or the stevia sweetened soda yeah. and I'm definitely going to try that because I I've been looking for mixers for tequila uh, because he's got a energy drink now called zoa z-o-a oh and so if i'm working out or whatever i'll just kind of sip on that while i'm working out but the zoa and the terramana do not go well together <laughs> so 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 he made two things that don't well go well together I well, don't understand it, it, well we'll see there's so yeah. many different flavors of the energy drink you know maybe there's a maybe there's got to be some cocktails out there rock tails that I'm are sure. that that are that are using it but i'm gonna try yeah. that so the way that i do it normally and i just have the shot and a half of tequila the giant cube of a uh, uh, sphere of ice nice and then i fill the rest up with uh, seltzer water and uh, like uh, five drops of like lime juice or lemon juice. So it's kind of like a fake tequila. I mean, a fake margarita. Yeah. But it's also, there's no sugar in it. So I feel good about that. And like you said, very refreshing. So we're both on the yeah. Terramana today. In well, this, you uh, said today it's a, it's, a, it's a good day for tequila. I, yes. This whole entire weekend was a good weekend for tequila because <laughs> when you get swept during the week, you can handle it because you got a bunch of other stuff going on. When you get swept on the weekend, it's a little bit more rough. And when you get swept by your rivals on the weekend, it's probably the worst case scenario that can happen. So that happened but you were uh, talking t-shirts now we're on video so i gotta throw this one out there all right that's my uh san diego pale ale 394 shirt uh ale nice. smith makes uh uh 394 ale uh with the tony gwynn family down in san oh, diego wow. yeah so 394 was his batting average when the league was shut down in 1994 uh, 110 games in, he was hitting 394, probably the closest anybody was ever going to get to 400 uh, since George Brett, I think, hit like 390 back in the mm -hmm. 80s. Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, they make a really good pale ale. Uh, I'm out of it because the only way I can get it is if I go to the Ale Smith website and order it up they don't carry it here in reno anymore um they also make uh the, the band sublime they make a, a sublime mexican lager that's also really good so anyways throw those guys a plug good deal all right so uh so let's talk about the dodger series i want to do that because we'll talk about our player of the week so we'll go through this maybe semi I don't know. It's not it's not bad news because we're still so early in the season, but it's not <laughs> yeah. great news. This podcast has been very positive for the most part this season. This is the this is really the one time that we've had to be negative at, at any point. But the way that I looked at this series against Dodgers, even before Friday, I thought, okay, we we looked at the the Padres series very much the same way, which is sort of like a litmus test. Like, okay, the Giants are pretty good. They're better than we thought, and now they're going to face really good teams. And how do they play against those good teams? Because you know, it's one thing to beat the Rockies. Um, you know, the Reds were actually—I was actually surprised that they swept the Reds because the Reds have been playing, you know, pretty close to 500 baseball. But it's one thing to play those teams, and it's another thing to play the Padres and the Dodgers, who are thought of to be the two best teams in the National League. So. 
We've yeah. been playing the Padres really well, competitively, winning close games, losing close games. And it looks like those two teams are, uh, you know, if you put them in a seven game series, you know, the, the, those two teams look like they'll just be battling back and forth. And we hadn't had a real look at the Dodgers yet. And the Dodgers have had their injuries. They've probably underachieved before this last week. And then they just turned it on. And I don't know what their winning streak is at this point, but something, you know, they, they've won like, I don't know, 10 out of their last 11 or something. Yeah, like that. I think something they've won like that. nine in a row, including yesterday. So, yeah. And so when we look at the litmus test, what were some of the... I guess, um, I don't even know what to call it. Like, what are some of the outcomes that you saw? Because I'll tell you, the main thing that I took out of this series is when the Giants play baseball the way that they can win, which is strong starting pitching and timely hitting, they're going to compete with the Dodgers. But if they have a bad game here, a bad starting uh, starting uh, appearance, Desclafani didn't have much luck yesterday, they do not have the offensive firepower to sort of get behind and and like play catch up. And so that that was the thing that I took out of it is like, okay, if they're sort of in control of their destiny, they're gonna compete. But they cannot afford to have a bad game because that's where the Dodgers boat race them. And I think we saw that on Sunday. Right. And I think you hit the nail on the head, too, because the Giants are not a comeback club Uh, down a run, down two runs. Yeah, sure. I mean, they can get back into it because they are a home run hitting club. They're fifth right now in the majors and home runs. Uh, That puts them at second in the National League. Cincinnati, of course, who they just swept uh, because of good starting pitching from the Giants. Uh, They were able to hold them down and put runs on the board early. They didn't do any of that against the Dodgers. Uh, they were able to hold them down for the first couple of games, the first uh, game and a half, I'd say. Uh, but they were not able to put runs on the board early and often. And I think that's kind of what got them. The Giants are one of those teams in, in the first three or four innings. If they're not driving in runs, uh, it, it could be a long game. I, I did uh, take a couple of notes here. Di Sclafani didn't get out of the third inning yesterday. Uh, Saturday, Casimir went four, but again, that you know he hadn't pitched in the majors in mm-hmm. what five years. Uh, Wood went ninety three pitches on on Friday night. He he went six innings, but that's not a telltale sign for the Giants um, because again, in that Cincinnati series. Game one, Webb went six innings. Disco went seven. Gossman went six. Cueto went five. I mean, that was the blowout game, so he didn't really – I mean, he could have gone – The YouTube game. The YouTube game. Oh, God. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. That's (laughs) – but please don't do that anymore, that whole YouTube thing. Um, So, really, giant starters are going like six and seven innings. But they're also coming out in the sixth or seventh inning with leads, and they didn't do that at all against, uh, against the Dodgers. So the Dodgers are an envious team when you look at them and you say, man, they can dink and dunk the ball. They can put the ball uh, in play. Pretty much they can go with any pitch. And that's something you look at as a Giants fan and you go, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're second in the league in home runs. 
but I want more singles. I want more seeing eye ground balls that get through the infield. Um, if you're going to rely on the home run and you're down by five runs in the seventh inning, that is not a good recipe for a comeback victory, as you know, unless their bullpen is trash and the Dodgers bullpen is good. So that's yeah. where they just ran into it. It's like the perfect combination. And again, it's a very envious team to look at. And uh, Farhan, you know, he came from that organization. So, you know, that's what he's trying to build. And I think the overreaction for today is, oh, the Giants were horrible this weekend. They're nowhere near the Dodgers. They're, they're completely going to be out of this. Uh, we, we had a great run and now it's over. That's not the case. This is a very good baseball team. This team was not built to be a champion this year. Uh, they were built to compete. Uh, Farhan has said that year after year since he's been here, that this club will compete. They're going to put a team together to compete and also to look at the future. I don't know how many times we can say it. The starting rotation is not signed except for Webb after this season. Nobody is signed after this season. This is not a built to compete for years and years and years championship ball club. This is a, team that's going to go out there and try to win all the way until the last day of the season so I, I think you have to look at what the Dodgers are built for and what the Giants are built for that being said the Giants will go into Los Angeles four games in a row with a gigantic chip on their shoulder looking to prove something so I wanted to look at all three games sort of independently of each other we won't spend too much time everyone knows what happened but uh, I was listening to the Ken Rosenthal podcast on uh, the Athletic Baseball podcast feed. So they got five shows. Uh, I think uh, Hunter uh, Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby do the Baseball Barista show. But the Ken Rosenthal one is the one that I listen to the most because he basically just takes call or takes calls and emails, voicemails, I guess you would say, from listeners, and they're really like super in depth baseball questions and you know he's he's as as locked into the league as anybody maybe yep. he's the most locked in and a fantastic uh set of bow ties <laughs> as always <laughs> so the one of the questions was about the giants and you know what what are what are they going to do and are they going to go chase somebody and you know who who they're going to get and and i started thinking about it because one of the things that this fast start did for Zadie and the organization is it kind of took the impetus out of what are we going to do next year? Like the, like the fans are thinking about this year, right? <laughs> yeah. You and I, before this season started, we had every, you know, when, when, how many players are coming back next year and how many players are, on you know on the contract for 2023 and what does that payroll look like we're thinking into the future and i think most giants fans who follow closely are thinking the same thing but what this fast start did is it allowed us to say hold on here let's think about next year next year cuz right now they're competing and so i wonder now we don't really have to worry about the trade deadline for a little while but there are going to be guys next year in free agency. There's going to be several shortstops out there. Yet our shortstop is playing better <laughs> than all of them, right? He's the best in the league right now. I mean, that's <clears throat> the bottom line. He is the best shortstop in the league. 
And it makes me wonder if Zadie is going to try and add to the team before this season is over. The one thing that's really interesting is what you said, which is their entire starting rotation is on one-year deals. And so more than likely, they bring back two of those guys, You know, whether it's going to be Gossman and Wood or Gossman and DeSclafani. Like you said, Webb is going to come back because he's still on his uh, rookie deal. So they're going to have to pick. Gossman's, I don't know, what's Gossman going to make? 20 something million whatever yeah he's on the uh he's on the the one year 18 million dollar deal right now right that was a qualifying offer and the way he's pitching that's a total bargain for what bauer and the rest of the guys are getting paid so yeah it's going to be probably 25 i would think 2025 somewhere in there so you have posey playing excellent baseball and they are not rushing him he didn't even play yesterday Right. After he hit a home run on the first game uh, in the ninth inning, I think it was, or second game, second game, ninth inning. Yeah, I think the second game, ninth inning. Yeah, the second game. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if this was, if they were worried about, oh, you know, we got to win one of these games, Posey's playing. So the Giants are really looking for sort of the long, the marathon part of this. Um, Crawford, like I said, Crawford's playing good. But other than those guys, batting average wise, a lot of guys are are what you would what you would call underachieving based on what they did last year. Now we get Solano back, so that's going to be helpful. Um, but really, like, not no one else is is just on it on fire, right? And so right. the hope is that whether it's Belt, whether it's um, Yastrzemski, Baby Yaz, you know, maybe it's Dick, somebody else has to catch on fire, or else. You know this. The starting rotation is just going to have so much pressure on them to run out there six innings and seven innings of one run and two run ball. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily sustainable. So I do wonder if Zadie looks at this and goes, "Wow, we really have something here. Let's add to this, knowing that next year they're going to have to make some some clear changes, but they're going to have so much money to do so." I just don't know if he really wants to sort of have that. St- that clean slate to just work with next year. Like maybe he adds somebody this year, but it's like on a short deal. Um, you know, someone like Lestella, who he signed to a multi-year deal. Everyone else is like these one-year deals. So um, that's what I'm sort of looking for. Like what is his strategy around that? Because the Giants haven't been this good in in several years. And I think the fans... You know, we, we were on our sort of post-2014 thing. You know, I I was not going to complain about this franchise until maybe about five years after we won the World Series. <laughs> and, you know, now we're, yeah. this is year seven, right? Yeah. So I think we can anticipate again. We can be, you know, we can sort of live or die again with, with the wins and the losses. But I do think that this is an opportunity that you do not want to take for granted because maybe you don't catch the Dodgers. Maybe maybe the National League is a one-horse race and everyone's playing for second place. That could possibly be the thing because the, Dodge, yeah. the, the Dodgers are excellent. But we've already shown we can play with San Diego, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, like you said, is it a one-horse race? I mean, yeah. Dodgers could run away with it just like they have the last couple of years and go to the World Series. Uh, 
and then you're just kind of battling it out. I think, you know, it's funny you bring up Listella because he's one of those guys you just think about and, and, and then you forget about because they signed him to a three-year deal and we haven't seen him much this year. He, he, he didn't start hitting and then he got hurt. And so we, everybody was kind of waiting for the bat to heat up. Let's see him not even so much the bat. It's the on base. Let's see him get on base. Like he was advertised. He doesn't strike out much. He gets on base. Uh, looking at his numbers before he got hurt, 68 at bats. He only struck out 10 times, but he only walked six times. Yeah. And his career numbers are very heavily shaded towards uh, walks, per K's being very high. I'm almost double triple of how many times he strikes out. So guys like that, uh, Solano's just coming back from an injury, need him to heat up again. I mean, there, there are so many different things. And, and then you're hearing Longoria's name being thrown out on Twitter today uh, because uh, teams are starting to look into uh, shortstops. They're starting to look into third baseman. Um, and Longoria is having a, a good season, and he's a very good defensive player as well uh, for, for what you would get. The Giants would probably have to eat most of that contract. But again, if they're going to eat the contract like they've done in the past, they'll also take on somebody else's garbage contract, release that guy, and say, well, also give us a prospect as mm-hmm. well. Um, so he's very good at turning that into um, – into players and making it happen. So, yeah, I I think going into this season, the brass probably thought, Hey, we're going to plug in guys like Listella. We're going to go out and, and, and just kind of, you know, sign some, some, some guys to plug in and then trade for Lamont Wade, uh, do little things like that. Desclafani and on the staff, uh, go out and get wood on the staff. But, we have such a great farm system. We're going to kind of compete a little bit and then allow those guys in the minor to kind of work on their game and marinate a little bit and get better and better and better. But like you said, now all of a sudden the giants are good. I mean, not just 500 good. They're, you know, going into the series, they were what 11 games over 500 now, eight games over 500. If I'm, so no, so I'll, I'll tell you how good they are. Yeah, yeah. They are we we went from first to third. <laughs> San Diego's now in first. San Diego's won 9 in a row. Dodgers won 7 in a row. By the way, Arizona's lost like 8 games in a row or something. So Yeah, which makes I, them dangerous because they're pissed off and they get us coming into their ballpark and they want to win some games. They want to yeah. show against a good team that they can compete and win. So I, I always talk about this, you know, plus minus of runs scored and runs against. Giants are still third in the National League with a plus forty seven in that in that in that aspect. And I think in the American League, there are maybe two two other teams or maybe three other teams that are a little bit better than them. So you know, when you're talking about the entire the entire league, and the Giants have the sixth best. Uh, runs scored versus runs against like that's legitimate right like that is that that is telling you now the 19 to 2 or whatever that helps but other (laughs) teams have had that like other teams have had those those big ones as well um but i don't think we should look at this as oh well the dodgers kind of showed us who we really are i don't think that that's the thing to learn from the weekend i think the thing to learn from is Again, when the Giants are playing well, they can compete. 
And when they have that dud game, which if you look at that lineup that they threw out there, I'm not saying that they tanked that game because you're not you're not tanking right. baseball games, but you know, no belt, no posy. Um, your uh, so your six, seven, and eight was Dubon, who went zero for four with three K or no three left on base, one strikeout. Casali, who's hitting. 102 for the season <laughs> yeah. with a 382 OPS. And then our buddy, Mike Tick Talkman, <laughs> who is now down to 211. Former leadoff hitter. Mike yeah, but Tick provide, Talkman. you know, but provides that left-handed guy yeah. who can get on base a little bit and, and, and good defensive positions. player. Yeah. Good defensive so, player. you know, they threw out a lineup that not, not going to really put too many runs on the board generally. And uh, Dave Sclafani gave up 10 earned runs in two and two thirds innings. So that game was pretty much done by uh, the uh, the second inning. So that, like, I almost think that, you know, Zadie and, and company and Kapler, they're like, look, like, this is a long season. This is what we'd normally do in a normal series. We're going to run this lineup out, give these guys a rest, give them a different look because we had the lefty on the mound. And that's just what happened. But yeah. Going back to game one is the game that I looked at and that I think, you know, for for everything that both of these teams are, Trevor Bauer against Kevin Gossman would be the beginning of a playoff series, right? Yes. But Wood did fine. He gave up probably a few more hits than you wanted to, but, you know, seven strikeouts in six innings, only two runs. Bauer... Gave up uh, only two hits and six and a third. Walked a few. He he walked four, but he struck out eleven guys. <laughs> yeah, but but that's what we do. We strike out, right? Cro- Crawford. <laughs> yeah. The the the, the Kapler's like, hey, Crawford, you've been hitting a lot of home runs. We're going to put you in the three hole. He's like, great. I'm going to strike out three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, from the Giants' perspective. We got Bauer out of there in six and a third innings, right? Yeah. Usually that's kind of a good thing, and you and you can maybe tap up their bullpen a little bit, but their bullpen was just as nasty that night. Uh, Blake Treenan, he's a bad dude, uh, you know, and, and Kenley Jansen is their closer. I don't even remember. I don't even think Jansen closed Friday night. Was it Treenan who closed? It was Treenan, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they can they have a couple of closers, that's something we kind of lack a little bit. Uh, you know, we've got Mac cheese, Jake McGee, we got Tyler Rogers. Are either one of them really true closers? I don't know. But again, we talked about this on a show. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before. What is a true closer in 2021? I, who knows? I mean, you, you've got guys going out there who've got like six or seven saves right now and you go, uh, who's that guy? And he throws like, uh, you know, his number one pitch is a splitter, his number two is a change, and that's your closer. So, I mean, it, it's analytics. You're playing, you're kind of playing the percentages and, and who, who can you get out and, and who can you throw out there that's going to get these three outs against these three guys, not uh, not the Dodgers, but these three guys. So, um, I, I, I like it. I, I think it backfires sometimes. Um but who's to say if you had Jake McGee going out there every single time that he's not going to blow that save that somebody yeah. else blows? So, what'd you think about the Dodgers signing Burt Pujols? Uh, 
I don't know. You know, at first when I said, okay, so neighbor, I've told you about this neighbor, big angels fan. Um, he, we were standing outside one day and he goes, Hey, Dodgers got Albert. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's great. But uh, <laughs> can he play first base? Cause he, can he even move anymore? <laughs> uh, speaking of that, the other night when Bauer threw that ball away, there was no way Pujols was going to get to that ball before Brandon Crawford scored. So Crawford should have really, there should have been two runs on that air and it should have been a tie ball game. It should have been a different ball game. Um, you know, I go back, that's going to haunt me for a while too. Cause as I'm watching the game, I'm like, Albert Pujols is like running as fast as he can, but he looks like he's in quicksand. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's energized. He wants to win when you're playing for the angels year after year after year, and you just don't make the playoffs. It can be kind of brutal. So I think that was a good move on their part. They've got a lot of injuries. I mean, they're losing or they're missing, um, uh, Seager, uh, McKinstry and Bellinger. Bellinger. And all three of these guys were missing pretty much from the entire series on uh, Mookie Betts. Did he even play in more than one game? I think he only played in one game the entire weekend. Yes, just uh, the first game. Just the first game, and 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 we still couldn't beat him. So that that's a little bit of a frustrating thing. But like you said too, yeah, you're not throwing all your chips in on uh, you know May twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third. Yeah, it's your biggest rival of all time in the history of baseball. Uh, they're right behind you in the standings but it's May. So I, I, I really do think that was a good move by the Dodgers to go out and get Pujols. He's going to give a little spark to them. Will he finish with the Dodgers? Probably not. I'm sure he's going to get DFA'd at some point once these guys start to come back. Cause I don't know necessarily if that's your greatest option off the bench, right-handed Albert Pujols hits one in the gap. It's probably a single. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. too bad you can't pinch run for him right when he makes contact, right? Yeah. Contact, switch somebody out, get him in there. <laughs> so we go to game two. And after game one, I was pretty excited because I was like, you know what? Like, they didn't win that game, but they showed the Dodgers that they're going to compete. And so game two happens, and the Giants... Uh, because of uh, Logan Webb's shoulder, I believe, uh, they bring up Scott Casimir, which is a tremendous story because he's pitching like uh, semi-pro ball like we used to play as he yeah, made yeah. his comeback. <laughs> and you know, he's he comes up for this start. It's kind of like a surprise move. Like it's like a, you know, I, I don't know if the Dodgers had any intel that this was happening, but I was surprised. I was like, I didn't even know Casimir was close. Like... I had no idea this was happening. The nope. Giants also brought up somebody who you really like, which is Nick Trapiano. And so what I thought is, is like, okay, this is going to be a Casimir Trop game. Like, yeah, three Kaz and three. Casimir's never, uh, I think his the most that he'd thrown in, uh, in in the minors this season was like three and a third or something like that. So I was like, okay, he'll throw us three innings. Maybe he'll stretch it to a fourth, and then you know we'll bring in Trop and we'll get him to throw like two or three innings, and we're going to be in this ball game. You know, Walker Bueller, I've seen him pitch against Giants uh, before, and they never hit this guy for yeah. nothing. And um, you know, so I was like, okay, this is going to be another tight game. Let's just get, let's just get. At, let's let's make sure that Casimir doesn't, you know, doesn't just blow up and they're all of a sudden behind. And he did well, four innings, two yeah. hits, one run, struck out a couple, did his job. And then I was like, okay, let's get Trop in there. 
And no, they went to Harleen Garcia, and he immediately gave up a home run. And so it was 2-0 uh, in the fifth inning. And then in the seventh, they got to trop a little bit because he finally did come in. And then by then, it was like four. And then the next inning, it was six. And the Giants added a, a couple runs in the, in the seventh and the eighth inning. But I don't know. I just kind of think, you know, you play that game a little differently and you maybe mix and match a little differently with your bullpen because Garcia had thrown the night before. And maybe that maybe that game changes a little bit. But the fact of the matter is they just couldn't hit Bueller. So much so that, you know, we did get a, a little note from from somebody who says, uh, what about that drag bunt? <laughs> HB belt. <laughs> That must be handsome Brandon Belt. <laughs> yes, that was like this was like the only way that he could hit right. Bueller. Like he's he's like Bueller's like okay, uh, Brandon, I'm gonna throw you a fastball. He's like great. He's like okay, I missed that one. He's like uh, it's coming again, dude. Like I'm just I'm just gonna throw you fastballs because you can't catch up. And he's like okay, I'm gonna drag bunt here so I can actually make contact. <laughs> And uh, and so, you know, that was that was kind of the game. Like they just could not hit Bueller. Finally, they go to the bullpen and they uh, I don't know who that who the the eighth inning guy was, but the Giants scored two runs. Like I I said, Uh, Posey got that home run in the eighth. And but still, they only got seven hits. And again, you know, strike out seven times. Not as bad as the night before, but just a rough one. You know, another rough one where I, I feel like if the offense can score, a little bit, a little bit more early on. Your starting pitching and your your bullpen isn't uh, the pressure's not on them as much. But yeah, you know when you're only when you you're barely making contact and Bueller's looking like Cy Young out there, the uh, the room for error for the pitching staff is much smaller. Well, and then you've got a Dodgers offense that's up <clears throat> two nothing, three nothing, four nothing. Pressure's off them. They've already scored, so they can go out there and just be very selective with their pitches get on base, go with pitches again. I mean, how many, how many hits did they get this weekend that were fastballs or breaking balls on the outside corner of the plate and they slapped to the opposite field and it just dropped in. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount. I don't remember the giants doing that since the early 2010s. I mean, it was uh, one of those things that, like I said earlier, it was just extremely envious to watch that happen. Um, but when you're down three or four nothing and you're a home run hitting ball club and you need to get guys on base to make those home runs count, it's rough because, you, you, you know, how are you getting guys on base against Walker Bueller? Drag bunting if you're Brandon Belt, yeah. you know, against the shift, against the shift. I mean, so it, it, there's not a whole lot you can do. It was almost kind of like a panic mode for the the second and third game. Uh, first game, not so much. You know, that was just kind of fighting, fighting, fighting. Two one ball game, sure. Uh, game two and three was just a struggle to get base runners, and it was so hard to watch sometimes. Uh, I mean, yeah, okay. The Giants scored six runs yesterday, or five runs. I can't remember uh, five or six, but um, five, five runs. But when you're down eleven nothing and you're scoring those runs, yeah, it's because they're throwing guys out there like. Uh, Oh, who's Jeff Spicoli, the, uh, <laughs> our, well, our former pitcher? Okay, I, I thought but, that was yeah. a little bit of like, uh, 
Dodgers way of kind of rubbing it in as they threw mm. out Phil Bickford against us. Good old Phil Bickford Spicoli. Yeah, I mean, he came in there. And and so, yeah, yeah the Giants are going to score some runs. They didn't against Spicoli, but they did against uh, the other uh, Dodgers relievers who just were probably just trying to get some work in. Yeah. You know, it's Sunday. It's their day to throw. They're up 11 nothing. Get these guys in here. Giants roll up five runs. Give us a little false hope. But, you know, it's fun. At least we scored some runs. But, um, yeah, just a lot of pressure on the offense the entire weekend so we had Dave Sclafani you know and he's been lights out all season long yeah, yeah it's unfortunate that the one time that he has a bad outing it is against the Dodgers because sometimes you kind of want to see these guys how they play the Dodgers because always you know the even in a regular season game where it really doesn't truly matter because we play these guys 19 times <laughs> yeah you kind of want to see who is like oh who understands the the rivalry a little bit, you know, like, Oh, yeah. you know, the, Oh, they're kind of buttoning down a little bit here. Well, Bauer uh, but, gets it. We know Bauer oh gets my God, it. it was, he, he <laughs> pulled out that cupping the ear <laughs> to the fans. What did I tell you? He's not a real American, mm-hmm. right? He's God. not, he's not like the Hulkster. He's not, he's not the Hulkster. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, hopefully I think Descalfani, is he going to get the Dodgers in that four gamer? I think he is right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would again. I would imagine. I haven't looked to see what the pitching matchups are for uh, Arizona yet. I'm still licking wounds today. Uh, the Giants don't play, so I'm still just kind of licking those wounds. I'm, I haven't. I'm, I'm happy on. that they don't play. I couldn't. I, I don't think I could take another game. I think tomorrow. I need. I needed a game today, though. Uh, I needed a game in Arizona, like a six thirty start. Uh, I needed to sit on the couch and just get a good game, get a victory tonight. So waiting for tomorrow is a little tough, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a quick look at the pitching matchups for this weekend or for this two game series. Yeah. So I guess the last thing that I just want to say about this Sunday game, you know, it was, it was not cool. I I was, (laughs) I had some interviews to do for a couple other podcasts. And so I was like, okay, let me get through these interviews. I'll check into the giants game. It'll probably be like, I don't know, like the fifth inning or whatever. And then I saw you and another uh, person on Twitter going back and forth about (laughs) being so frustrated. And I was like, Oh no. I was like, do I want to look at the score? (laughs) And then I looked at the score and it was, already 11 to zero yeah you're like oh crap that's when i told you just <laughs> look away don't even bother so uh gossman goes tomorrow night uh against corbin martin corbin i think right corbin not caleb martin corbin martin uh so gossman goes tomorrow night uh, they don't have a day off so that means he's going to get the last game of the dodger series so he'll like get it. sunday which is good because he didn't face them uh in this three game series uh cueto goes on tuesday so cueto is going to miss the dodgers two series in a row which i'm not happy about um he does do fairly well against the Dodgers. Uh, they are off balance with his shimmy. <laughs> but I I am also seeing on Twitter uh, from um, different Dodgers writers and whatnot that Bellinger and Zach McKinstry uh, have a very good chance of being back for this four-game series. So as if things weren't tough enough right now, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to get two of their better hitters back. Although Gavin Lux has been doing a great job in McKinstry and Seager's absence. So let's take a look at uh, no pitching matchups yet for the Dodgers series. But if we go with Gossman and then Cueto, where do we go from there? 
Well, you probably then go. Well, so is Logan Webb pitching? I don't think so. Uh, so I think he's still banged up. So then you probably open up with the same three starters that threw this uh, homestand, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, what it would be. And then Gossman in and game then four. Gossman finishes off the series. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, okay. So if we look ahead, actually, you know what? Before we look ahead, why don't we do our uh, our player of the week? And I'll let you yeah. introduce this because I think we're going to have uh, a record here of some sort as you announce the player of the week. Yeah, so we had our uh, <clears throat> we do we do our player of the week on Twitter uh, every week uh, Monday morning. I try to um, you know I get up early for work and everything, so I always try to pop on the computer in the morning and just look at the numbers. Uh, try to kind of figure out who deserves it this week. Um, there really wasn't much pitching. Uh, if Jace Clefani would have had a, a pretty decent outing yesterday, there's a good chance. He would have been up for it because he had a great outing against uh, Cincinnati er- earlier in the week. Uh, but as it as it stood, uh, we had three players that I nominated. Um, let's go from bottom up. Scott Casimir uh, came in uh, third place in the voting with 11% of the votes. Uh, he had a four-inning outing like we talked about. He hadn't pitched in five uh, five years in the majors. So this was his first time back, uh, four innings, uh, two hits, one earned run, no walks, two strikeouts. And um, so he came in third place with 11% of the vote. I'm going to tell you right now, I voted for him. Uh, I do like to vote in these because when I put the players out there, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to cheat myself. I'm going to yeah. vote. Uh, so I voted. I, I, for... vote, I vote as well, by the way. Okay. Then, by perfect. the way, uh, if yep. people want to know a little bit about Casimir's story, I think I want to say it was Baggerly. Yes. Did a really good story about him and the climb back and sort of how where he pitched and all the crazy places that he pitched and how last year he, you know, he was finding the the time to get the work in to make the comeback. So really good story and very easy to root for, you know, someone to make a comeback like that who I, I can't even remember the last time I thought about him before he came up this season. Yeah, and he's got a good flow too. If you see, he's got the he's got the Crawford flow, which is very nice. I like that. Uh, Grandpa Dickerson came in uh, second place with sixteen, almost seventeen percent of the vote. He hit two eighty six this week with a home run, five uh, RBIs, uh, three runs, two walks. So he's getting himself on base, which brought his woba up to three fifty eight, which is very nice. Um, your WOBA, if it gets up into the 400 range, you're, you're looking really good. Uh, so 358, pretty good. Um, he came in second place. And our winner, our multi, multiple winner, I don't know if he's won two or... I think this is the third time. I think this is his third time. Brandon Crawford. Wow. Oh, I'm hearing, I heard the, uh, the drum roll. <laughs> nice. Uh, Brandon Crawford came in first place this week. He's our player of the week, our Thompson to Clark podcast player of the week. Uh, 292 average, uh, two home runs, eight RBIs, seven runs, 397 WOBA. Uh, almost up at that 400 mark. So he was stellar this week. And with 72% of the vote, congratulations to Brandon Crawford, Thompson to Clark, uh, podcast player of the week. Yeah, really cool. And I hope that uh, you get his uh, mom to uh, like our tweet again. Yeah, she's been liking our tweets. Uh, I've tagged her in the, in the last one. I should have tagged her in this one, but I think I ran out of characters. Mm, so, mm. yeah, but she'll find it and like it. 
All right, so uh, before we get out of here, let's look at a little bit more closely. We've been talking Ooh. about Arizona Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks, like I said, they've lost eight in a row, one out of their yeah. won one of their last ten games. They are a minus forty one in run differential. They are a five hundred road team though, so you know it's it's really away from. Uh, is it still Chase? I, you know, they change names on these places so much, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> so they're, they're 9-21 and 21 away from Chase. Thankfully for them, they get two games at home. Here, here's an interesting stat. They are 2-13 and 13 against teams better than 500. So all of this bodes really well for the Giants to kind of, you know, get, utilize the, the, the Diamondbacks to, to kind of get back in gear. We'll see. Because yeah. like you said, this, you know, this division is is pretty competitive. Like I was actually looking at this. So I'm just eyeballing the math. But in the National League, if you look at the NL West and you look at run differential, the NL West comes out on the positive side. Every other division in the National League, including the NL Central, because of the uh the terrible Pittsburgh Pirates who are a minus seventy eight, they're all collectively in the negative run differential, uh, if you go to the AL East, the best uh, the best division in the AL is uh, the AL East. Uh, Tampa, Boston, the Yankees, and Toronto are all going to be pretty darn good baseball teams, unless you know guys get injured. Even though Toronto is kind of struggling right now, but they're all on the positive side of uh, run differential. Only Baltimore is uh, is on the negative side. In uh, the AL Central, the um, Chicago White Sox plus sixty-four. They're the best pl- run differential in the AL. With that's pretty crazy. With with old man Tony Larusa like <laughs> just middle fingers in the air, waving yeah. them around, just going like "f all of you guys." I don't care. And telling and 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 getting pissed off at his guys for swinging three zero and hitting bombs. Just yeah. old school Tony Larusa. I I posted on Twitter the other day. I think the game is passed by Tony Larusa, but then you look at the you look at what he's doing in Chicago with the White Sox and it's like he's still winning yeah I mean you know and they're and they're missing Eloy Jimenez they've oh, had yeah. some pretty big injuries um uh Lucas Giolito has not been the stud so far that he was last year so they're I mean it, you know they're doing all of this with with uh I mean look at their divisions not fantastic but but still I mean they're they're playing really good baseball so, so I give all, of, kudos. all of that was to say that there are only really two divisions that i would say are good divisions in baseball and that's the national league west and the american league east every other division has a bunch of dog meat teams right now so yeah. the giants you know they they are going to be battling that you know when, when it comes to that saying you know iron sharp iron sharpening iron i i really do think that even if they do lose some of these games to the Dodgers and the Padres, just playing that level of competition, having right. those two teams in your division, I think is going to be good for them because, you know, outside of Belt and Posey and Crawford, who else? I guess I guess you could say Johnny Cueto. He played on some pretty good Reds teams. But who else has really played on, you know, great baseball teams year in and year out and who who really know what it's like to be in the playoffs and to, you know, ha- have a uh, October baseball and that stuff. So I think it's going to be good for them. It may not be great when it comes to, 
you know, the, the, the playoff situation. But, you know, I think, I think by the time the end of this season, um, the Giants facing the, the Dodgers and the Padres so many times is actually going to be going to be good for next year, depending right. on who stays, you know, Gossman, like Gossman's going to get some great opportunities to pitch in some big regular season games that he's never had the opportunity to pitch in before because he's been playing on the Orioles and, and teams like that. So I think it's going to be good overall, even if, uh, even if it's not great for our record at the end of the season, I, I still think it's good to face good teams. And, and Gossman was lights out against the Dodgers a couple times last year. So yeah. seeing him this coming Sunday uh, is going to be nice. And, and like you said too, so they're going to face Trevor Bauer probably on Thursday night. That's the way it's going to line up. So first game of the series, it's going to be Trevor Bauer again. So they're going to see Bauer twice in the span of, of less than a week that can grow you as a hitter uh, because you've, you've seen him once and now you're going to see him six days later. What have you learned? What can you do different uh, coaching staff as well? It goes for them too. What did they learn Friday night that they can apply Thursday night? So we're, we're going to see all that. So it's very exciting. Everybody says, you know, Oh, you know, is it, he dominated the giants lineup. Sure but they're going to see him less than a week later. So that kind mm-hmm. of buds well for the Giants hitters. Um, and then, you know, on, on top of that too, another quick side note. So we go to Arizona for two games. We don't play tonight. Dodgers don't play tonight. They go to Houston for two games. Talk about emotional. Uh, if, if you know anything about the Dodgers and the Houston Astros rivalry over the last two or three years and the cheating scandal, this is a very emotional two games for the Dodgers going into Houston um, to play those guys. And then they're going to come home to take on us. So we hope we hope Houston takes a little bit out of them. Yeah, you know, a little bit out of wind, wind out of their sails, and then when they come home, they're a little bit defeated, a little bit down, and then we get them for four games. Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. <laughs> um, all right, is there anything else before we get out of here? No, I think that's it. I'm I'm looking forward to the Giants getting back to their winning ways. Um, you know, it's another six game week. They just came off of a four and three, another above five hundred week, uh, two back to back. Five oh above five hundred weeks. I know it didn't, it, you know, it didn't end like we wanted it to, but still they finished above five hundred. So uh, if they can finish four and two again this week, uh, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, they'd have to take probably both games in in Arizona and then split the series with the Dodgers. They finished four and two on the week, and things look good. So. I am less worried about the outcome of that Dodger series. I just want them competing into into the ninth yeah. inning. Yeah, that, exactly. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not get down for nothing after three or four innings and have to try to scrape and claw your way back in. Um, you know, I think this is a turning point week coming up because you've got a lot of guys, like you said earlier, you've got a lot of guys who just are not hitting. Kirk Casale, uh, we know he's a great defensive catcher. He calls a great game. He had a stretch of, what, four or five shutouts in a row. I mean, that's that's insane. And 
or not in a row. I don't remember if it was in a row or if it was in a, in a season. I think it's just in games that he was catching because he was not catching all those games because Posey was catching some of the other ones. Yeah, exactly. So 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 we know what we have there. Joey Bard is hurt um, right now. He's got some groin issue going on. So it's not like you're just going to ditch Casale and say, okay, it's Bart's turn to come up. You've also got Chadwick Trump waiting in the wings. So this is kind of a turning point week. We're, we're getting towards the end of May. We're starting the beginning of June and maybe next week um, uh, I might have some uh, I, I might throw down some some contracts like we were talking about contracts this week so I think I might just throw down some contracts and see who's kind of at the end here and since we're getting to the beginning of June we're only going to have two months left until the uh, trade deadline hits so what are we going to start looking at? Are we mm-hmm. going to start looking at uh, selling? Are we going to start looking at buying? Um, these next couple of weeks can kind of Tell us where we're at with that. All right. I think we are good. Uh, we will be back next week. And like we said, you know, we'll, we'll be do, we'll be doing these YouTube videos and we'll be we'll be doing the sort of the interactive. It's kind of fun to see Brad as well. Oh, yeah. I, I can. Nice to see you. I can see like, oh, he's about to end this sentence and I'm going to pop in <laughs> instead of like li- trying to listen to it. Yeah. Like, just sort of like a, a nerdy inside podcasting thing. Yeah. You re- when, when you do a podcast and you don't get to see the other person, you get really in tune with their voice. But now I can see you and I can see when you're, you know, sort of your facial ticks when you're going to start and stop. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be much more in sync. So, yeah, this exactly. is a lot of fun. And then I got to shave every week. And, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you know, but whatever. I, I got to go to work tomorrow. I have to be in person at work tomorrow. So I usually shave like Monday afternoons. And today after I worked out, I didn't. And then you text and you go, hey, let's do the video again. I go, I'm going to take a third shower today. So, OK, yeah, no, no that's fine. I'll shave because I shave in the shower. I can't do it at the sink. Because I have baby face. I'll mm. burn it. I'll burn it if I don't do it right. So Got yeah. it. Got it. All right. All right. All right. So we'll be back next week. And cross your fingers. We want to see the Giants take a couple from the Dodgers at least. But more importantly, play competitively. And, uh, yeah, let's let, let's uh, let's push them a little bit. I, I like yeah. to see those Dodgers fans get a little, you know, get a little anxious. Yeah. Not come to our ballpark and get so damn cocky. I know. I don't I like know. seeing that. I know. All right. So for Brad, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.